What's going on, family? Welcome back to the podcast. So today's episode won't be as long because this has been spring break, meaning I have gotten no time to prepare like that. <laughs> um, you know, home with the kids, trying our best to do what we can while we get free time. Actually recording this pretty late, didn't even um, get to do much earlier throughout this day. Um, just making sure the kids stay alive. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm talking about something briefly. Hopefully we keep this a shorter podcast because I would love to for it to be a bit of a dialogue. I may go live on this on Instagram. So if you're listening to the podcast the day it releases which is thursday it is a possibility that i'll go live on thursday so be just be on the lookout for that um you know so today's podcast i'm talking about people being overly involved in your relationships um that could be either before you start dating them you know that could be in the initial phases where you get um you know you're just getting to know this person you're you're interested in someone and maybe you have to, you know, consult pastor, um, consult friends or whatever. And bear in mind, I'm not saying any of this to say consulting anyone is wrong. I believe that three of the greatest influences on our lives that would influence the decisions we make or should, you know, if we're in a healthy situation, they should influence us. Will always be our parents, be our peers, those around us that are constantly in our ear, and our pastors or spiritual leadership. Um, I'm talking about spiritual leadership last because I know even they um, at my church may not have viewed things the way I do. You know, I'm not saying I have all the answers. I can just look at things, aim to look at it biblically and try to live that out. Um, But I do want to talk about three different perspectives on some people quite honestly being too intrusive into your relationship. Um, Because I met a lot of people and I'm just like, you know, and if the questions ever comes up about relationships, so it's like, hey, why are you single? Um, or what are you looking for? Something like that. And a lot of times people are just like, man, my relationship failed because my parents um, or none of my friends really liked them, you know, so I didn't really, you know, it didn't really work out. Or my pastor said no, um, you know, and it's just like, well, are all of those people always right? You know, and that's that's really what I want to talk about today. Um, and I'm not trying to set, tell anyone to rebel against parents, anyone to ignore friends, or anyone to disobey their leadership. But I do want you to understand that it it, it takes knowing the voice of God for yourself, because a lot of times people claim their 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 goal is you know helping you discover the will of God, but in reality, a lot of people are controlling you. They're manipulating you. They're determining where you, who you become, who you marry, all those things. I don't believe that's God's will. Um, part of the fruit of spirit. I want you guys to hear me when I read these verses out of the Christian Standard Bible. Galatians 5, 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. So we see that the fruit of the Spirit is not being able to control others. The fruit of the Spirit is not being able to lead others. But the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, meaning I can I can control how I live. I can control the lifestyle I choose to take. I can control whether I'm obeying God or disobeying God. Other people can't live for God for you. So I'm just very curious on how you guys view these things. You know, so I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Please be active in the comment section um, because I'm just curious on how different churches are ran based on your culture, your traditions, your denomination even, you know, but the first um, set of people I'll talk about are parents, Um, you know, and I know this may not affect some of the people listening. You know what I'm saying? When it came to my relationships, my parents loved you know, the, my mom had all boys, you know, my parents loved all the, all the, 
the ladies that we'll bring to them because they knew we weren't bringing, you know, horrible women. You know, sorry if that may sound offensive. You know, hopefully you get what I'm saying. But my parents raised us properly to choose good women, you know, choose godly women, choose intelligent women, choose women, you know, strong women, women that, you know, aren't just only beauty, you know, so my parents chose us, raised us to, to choose the right type of women. Um, so they always um, would like the person that we brought home. If they had any concerns, they would obviously tell us, um, you know, my wife, you know, thankfully that wasn't a problem. If you have a problem with my wife, probably you're possessed with a, with a demon or something because to know my wife is to love her. Um, no one has any issues with this woman, you know, so I definitely think I got blessed in that arena, praise God. But for a lot of you, you may have parents that, you know, free for all, you know, whatever you do, do whatever you want. And it may not even be because they trust you. It could probably be they they genuinely don't care. You know, I know a lot of people are in different type of upbringings. And then some of you, and I know a lot of people in these shoes, you're, you have parents that are overly involved, parents that tell you, you can't date this person. And when you say why, because I said so. And I'm not talking, this, this episode is not me talking about teenagers who you live under your parents' roof, you're only 15, 16, 17. Yes, you need to listen to them. Um, you know, I don't want anybody getting in trouble. Um, but it's hard to, to really engage this topic. That's why I want you guys to bear with me because it's not like the Bible talks about quote unquote dating and okay, let's do, if you just follow Psalm chapter this, then you'll always be correct. Um, but one thing the Bible did that we don't do often today is arrange marriages. Now, arrange marriages didn't always work out. As we see, Jacob was very upset because he did not want to have um, Leah. He wanted Rachel, but her father-in-law messed him up. But a, a perfect example of an arranged marriage that worked out, I want, I want you guys to pay attention to. So when you get the time, read Genesis 24 in context. So in Genesis 24, Abraham wants to find his son Isaac a wife. Now, Isaac, you know, Abraham's wife is already gone on, be with the Lord, you know, Sarah's no longer here and he's grieving. He's at a point grieving and Abraham knows that he's getting old. The Bible says that Isaac was 40. No, a lot of you don't want to wait till 40 to get married. I understand. I respect it. But he had um, his servant go and find Isaac a spouse. So because he wants his servant to go find Isaac a spouse, he has a few stipulations and he's like, don't choose a woman from Canaan. In the land where I'm dwelling, do not pick a wife from here. And many of you may say, what was wrong with women there? That wasn't the women who were worshiping the true God. Just because they lived there doesn't mean that they were worshiping God. And I heard a saying from Victor Jackson, um, you know, I'm, I got to give credit. I can't pretend that it was me that got the revelation. But he was saying that that shows that there was proof because of the great journey the servant went on to go get a spouse for Isaac shows that it's better to go out and find who God has for you rather than to choose the wrong person just because they're close by. A lot of times we choose people based off convenience. We're not focused on covenant. We're not always focused on purpose. We may not be focused on, well, I need someone godly. Well, a lot of times we get frustrated because even people we may not see in church are living godly, that we just settle for whoever is around. But God would rather you get up, go on a journey to find his will instead of settling for what's convenient. But we see that he makes the promise, hey, don't choose a woman unless you get her from where I'm from. You have to find a godly woman for my son. So now we could say, you know, that this mission worked out perfectly because he got a wife, but 
despite Isaac having no say so, the serpent managed to get a, a woman who every guy, in my opinion, would say he got the perfect woman. Number one, the Bible says that she was godly. She's obviously a woman of virtue, woman who's serving the true God, Jehovah, where Abraham is from. So she already has a, a walk with God. She already has a relationship with God. Two, the Bible makes it a point of emphasis in verse 16 to call her beautiful. And it even emphasized that she was a virgin. No man has ever been with her. But it's the fact that the Bible doesn't call everyone beautiful. Now, we know everybody's God's creation and where there's no one ugly in God's sight. But it's the fact that the, God, the Bible made it clear that this woman is both godly. Now, it mentions that she's beautiful, but it also mentions she had a servant's heart. Camels can drink hundreds of gallons at a time, and she was willing to feed them. So that shows that she was godly, she was beautiful, and she had a heart to serve. That's what God calls us to. When he calls us to marriage, he wants us to find someone who is a helpmeet, like Adam and Eve, your helper. Whatever my purpose is, you're assisting me, I'm helping you, we're doing God's will together, you know, but I'm not telling you guys this to say that we need to get back to arranged marriages. I'm just saying sometimes parents do know what they're talking about. I said all of that to mention that sometimes parents will be able to help assist you and find the right person. I know a lot of you may feel as though I don't need no help. I'm grown. I can do bad all by myself. I understand that, but I don't want you to feel as though you should not listen to um, your parents when they try to guide you into the right things. The Bible says that in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, and this is what Paul is teaching us based off the Ten Commandments. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. So we see Paul is teaching that, but I don't think any of us would think that Paul is telling us that if your parents are encouraging you to sin, that you should follow their instructions. If your parents are encouraging you to get into a sinful relationship that, oh, in order to honor them, I'm just going to listen. Because there's a lot of you and you know it's true. Your parents will approve of someone and not approve of others, but sometimes... The, depending on the type of parent you have, of course. But some parents may not care for you dating someone in a church. Some parents may only care that you marry someone that was rich. Some parents may never care about the walk with God part. They only care about, you know, you know, the carnal, the here and now. So my thing is, if you have a parent that's leading you into a relationship that is not God's will, I, I'm not one to tell anyone to disobey your parent, but you can honor someone and not follow their instructions. And I'm not going to get into that right now because that's a whole Bible lesson. But please understand that when the Bible says honor them, it's not talking about allowing them to destroy your life. You know, you can respectfully disagree with someone and still honor them. And the reason why I say that is because I feel as though a lot of people, a lot of parents may use that verse to try to manipulate, you know, children. Thankfully that I wasn't in that type of situation, but there are a lot of controlling parents. And you have to understand that when you get married to a man, when you get married to a woman, you marry into that whole family. I need y'all to understand that because I thank God that Safa has a, um, a great family. But at the same time, if she had a toxic family, I can't disown them. I married into every last one of those people. You know, so you have to be careful about the type of relationship that you get into because there are some people that they are overly influenced by their parents. And that is a huge red flag, in my opinion. When, when you get married, let me, let me read this verse. Genesis 2 and 24 says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife and they become one flesh. In the King James Version, it mentions leaving and cleaving. When you leave them, now you're able to cling onto your wife. It is impossible to connect to your spouse properly if your parents have a stronghold on you. And there are too many married men that turn to their mom instead of to their wife when there's an issue. There are too many married women there because she's always going to be daddy's princess. You'll run to your dad rather than speaking to your husband. 
And all of those things are huge issues because the Bible mentions that it's not that you're going to disown your parents, but you have to be able to health in a healthy manner to withdraw from them. You cannot allow your life to be dictated by parents and you're an adult. To me, that, that, that shows a sign of immaturity because you can't let go. Um, you know, you have to be willing to understand that. And I get that some parents are like the person's pastor. Some parents are your only spiritual mentor, your only spiritual influence. I'm not saying don't depend on those people, but they can't determine your life. So we have to be careful with with parents that may be overly involved in relationships. You know, I don't want you guys to, to feel as though because that's my mom, I have to do everything she says. Listen, not about married. And a lot of you may not even agree with that in the comments. I want you to comment below. What are your thoughts on when you get married? Because I believe my wife has to come first. Even though I love my mom like there is no tomorrow. I love my dad like there is no tomorrow. My wife still comes first because she is me like we're one. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that's that's the part that I know, especially with the unsafe community. They may not always view it that way and feel as though we, we might be outdated. But that's my thought. So I want you guys to comment below on that one for sure. Um, the second group of people that can heavily influence you um, in regards to relationships are obvious your peers, you know, your friends, the people you're always connected to. So because I spoke a little bit about this last week, I'm not going to mention First Kings 12 um, in detail, but we know that King Rehoboam, he, he was leading the people. He wanted to ask the elders, well, the people are complaining about the strict judgment that my dad gave. What are your thoughts? They gave him advice. He ain't care for it. He ignored them. And then he decided to listen to his friends which ended up leading to his downfall. His leadership began to fail because he didn't want to listen to people that were hearing from God, but only cared to listen to his friends. And that's why it's so important to monitor the people that influence you. Um, because 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So all of you guys, I don't know who you plan to date. Um, if you you know, you're even in that season of dating yet, but you cannot allow the people that are around you to push you towards making bad decisions in your relationships. Um, perfect example of this is Amnon. I believe that's 2 Samuel chapter 13. So Amnon, he has a half-sister named Tamar. He has a very unhealthy desire for this woman. And because he has an unhealthy desire for her, he knows he's not going to act on it. However, his emotions started to get the best of him. He really desires her. He's starting to get frustrated within himself that he tells his friend Jonadab, like, hey, bro, the reason why I'm so frustrated is because I really want to be with my sister and I know it's wrong. And his friend um, did, um, creates a plan to get him to take advantage of her, um, you know, to... I don't. I'm, I know I'm on YouTube, and I know it's a sensitive subject. But you know, if you read Second Samuel 13, you'll see the outcome. Um, but because of that friend, that friend ended up making him get killed. Um, that friend allowed him to get to disgrace his sister with with assault. So a lot of times we don't understand that there may be people that are very close to us, and they may love us genuinely. But if they're not leading us to God's will, they should not have a say-so in how our relationships are ran. They shouldn't be encouraging us in who we date or when we should date. Because when we think about peers, we have to understand that most times we're getting pressure because of social media. If a lot of us literally logged off Instagram, Facebook, Twitter for one year, you would not even realize you were single because you would have a life. You would be doing something productive rather than feeling as though men have to compete. Everyone is getting married. Everyone is getting pregnant. Everyone is getting engaged. Man, where am I? God, where is it? And it's like 
the reason why we can't be content in, in our single season, the reason why we can't be content in whatever season God has us in is because we're comparing ourselves to all of our peers. We're, we're trying to keep up with the Joneses for, um, you know, for, for, you know, how that saying goes. And it's so easy for us to allow our lives to go off track and lose ourselves spiritually without realizing it all because we want it to be like everyone else. You know, the Bible says it like this in Proverbs 1.10. My son, if sinners entice you, don't be persuaded. Now, many of you, I know you have godly friends. I'm not assuming every friend is negative. But if the Bible tells us this, we need to really pay attention. If people are enticing you towards anything sinful, if people are telling you, oh, it's perfectly fine to get into a relationship with them. I know they're not saved, but you could change them. Oh, they're not saved just yet, but God will work on them. Listen, don't listen to people that are encouraging you to do things that you know scripture is against. You need the people in your corner that are telling you, hey, man, listen, I know the struggle is real, but you two can make it till marriage. Hey, I know you're frustrated right now, but trust me, there are a lot of people out there that you'll be a great fit for. Don't don't put your head down. You need people that will push you towards purpose, people that will push you towards righteousness rather than trying to encourage you, encourage you to do the wrong thing. You know, so please. The main thing I will say about friends is don't allow social media to put you on a timeline that God didn't place you on. Because um, it's very easy to start competing and running in a race that God never intended for you to, to run. And even when you win, you end your race, you still won't have the blessing God had for you because God never told you to get into that race. So be careful about the friends that you that you get yourself involved in. And for the part that you guys tune in for, the part that I'm going to probably get some negative reviews on is the church. <laughs> It's the church overly involved in, in some of our relationships. And, you know, this part, I, I, know, I know I got a lot of friends at my church that listen to my podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to tread carefully. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get my, my minister license revoked. <laughs> but this is something that I really feel as though it's serious because I genuinely do respect leadership. Um, I'm one of those people, I tell people all the time, I am not committed to a church building a church organization, a pastor. Nah, I'm committed to God. I'm committed to God and my wife. Listen, if I feel as though something isn't biblical, I'm not going to disobey God because you thought it was biblical. Or I think something is just nonsense. I'm willing to submit. You know, I'm willing to understand, hear you out, but I'm not willing to pretend something is doctrine or pretend something is heaven or hell just because it's your tradition or your culture or your feelings. You know, I believe that a lot of times church culture can become a little bit overbearing when in reality what they're saying isn't always biblical, um, you know, but I want, I want you guys to hear this verse, you know, Hebrews 13 and 17. I believe this is also the CSB. Um, this is obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they can do this with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. So we all see the scripture as plain as day. Submit to leadership. You need to understand that these people are guiding you. They want to help you walk in truth. Um, you know, so please, I, I'm, I will never be one to say you need to rebel against that pastor. You need to ignore that pastor. But there is a fine line between submission and controlling someone. There's a fine line between I'm submitted to leadership and I'm I'm being foolish because I'm not choosing to open the scriptures to myself. Um, and unfortunately, I've seen this verse get abused by a lot of people in leadership. You know. They may not be biblical in what they're telling you, but they're telling you, you need to submit because I'm the man of God. I'm the woman of God. And it's like, bro, you are a man of God, a woman of God. 
You are not God himself. <laughs> you know, so we have to make sure that we're not allowing that verse to be manipulated and twisted for our own gain. Submission to leadership is never going to be something about I'm just blindly doing. That's not how God works. But the Bible says like this in Jeremiah 3.15. Another verse that I believe gets out of context. But I, I, I'll read in the CSB as well. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So we see a lot of people say, well, God gave us these pastors because he's trying to guide us in the truth. And that's right. But the context of that verse is these people were in rebellion. God was talking to them like they're speaking to lost sheep. So he's like, okay, I'm going to give you guys some shepherds who's going to get you back in order because you have gone so far away from my will that I need you to get back in shape. And that's why I'm providing these pastors. I'm providing people that are going to take care of you. I'm providing people that are going to lead you in knowledge and truth and wisdom and understanding and love. God is saying these people are gifts to you. But what happens when the pastor is not leading in knowledge? but they're leading in tradition or they're not leading in understanding, but they're leading in culture and leading in preference. And that's why we have to stop and wonder, is the church probably too overbearing and possibly what they're saying isn't biblical? And that doesn't mean, you know, you leave a church. I don't think there's any perfect church, um, but you have to stop and wonder, all right, God, this is something I need clarity on. It's something you have to pray about, something you may even need to speak to leadership one-on-one about, because there's a time where even at my current church, I had an issue and I wasn't agreeing with something until I spoke to them one-on-one and I realized the way I was hearing it, the way I was hearing it was literally being misinterpreted. You know, so sometimes it takes a little bit of clarity, but I want my, my point to you is leadership is not always right. Um, your pastor, that great man of God that you love so much, that, that woman of God leading you and guiding all of you, those people that you love so much are not God, which means they cannot determine who you date, how you date, when you date. If it's not biblical, I think there there needs to be there there needs to be obviously rules and rules and proper guidelines in place because we all know that the church can be very rebellious if you allow us to be. Um, but I feel as though we have to be careful when we place rules on people that aren't biblical and then try to make it become doctrine because that's how it becomes a legalistic mindset. Um, the reason I say say and the reason I'm talking about this, I, I mentioned briefly earlier, but there's some people I met. And I'm just like, hey, you know, so you talking to anyone? And they're like, nah, pastor, shut it down. And it's just like, pastor, shut it down. What do you mean by that? You know, and, and, I, and I know people, bro, I'm telling you, people that are married today. All right, there's a gentleman that I knew. Talk about this because you're, you want to be able to guess him from the podcast, you know. And I think a lot of people try to probably try to pinpoint who they talking about, you know. But there's a gentleman that I knew um, and the leadership at the church was telling him, Nah, I don't think that's God's will for you to date this guy. Bear in mind, this is a spiritual guy. His parents literally raised him in church, you know, greatly used of God in the parents, greatly used of God in the siblings. And this guy's, you know, very active in church, not someone who just literally, you know, just attends, but very involved. And they were like, no, nah, I don't think that's God's will for you. Any explanation? No, I just don't think that's God's will for you. And this woman, you know, she's confused because she loves God. Her parents love God. She's been raised in church. It's like, well, I don't see any red flag that, you know, that we can't address or, you know, what is going on. And sometimes God gives leadership spiritual insight that he doesn't have to give you. And that's why we do have to trust leadership. But I want you guys to hear the scenario. The lady was like, I just need space to get clarity from God, X, Y, Z. And he's looking like everything was great until one person in leadership said no. And it's just like, well, you know, so they, they took a break. 
prayed and fast, you know, all those types of things. But their parents also were confused because it's like we both approved, both sets of parents approved, even a pastor approved. It was just one person that was a minister that had a problem with it. I guess God revealed something to them. Um, and then they ended up, you know, speaking together. You know, parents are like, no, nah, that's not going to work. Now they're happily married years later with kids still involved in ministry heavily. And I'm trying to figure out where was the issue that the man of God got insight from God that no one could, you know, date without his approval. And I'm telling you, there are so many people in leadership that use their positions of power to determine your future. And that's not God's will. I don't care if they're a pastor, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, any part of that fivefold ministry. God gave the fruit of the spirit. God says that the, the, the way that we know his spirit is involved in our life and active in our life. Galatians 5 is a clear indicator. And no part of that mentions being able to control a church. No part of that mentions I'm able to control who dates who. But it's self-control. So I think the proper thing is to teach young people how to date properly. And obviously, dating is always going to be seen as a worldly concept. So courting. Um, but I want us to understand that you cannot allow someone to guide you just because they have a position. The Bible says that thy word is a lamp unto a feet unto my feet and a light unto my path. Meaning it's the word of God that guides me. It's not... I need my pastor. I need my leadership. I need people that oversee, that pray for me. I need these people in my corner. But we have to be careful in allowing people that just because they have a position to control our lives. Um, you know, a lot of you may say, I want my pastor involved when I do, when I date, who I'm dating. My pastor wasn't involved because I was in the military. Um, I kept my mentor, my parents, um, you know, People that were close to me were well aware. Um, I brought it to my pastor when it was time for like engagement type of thing, you know, and that worked out perfectly. Safa didn't mention it to her pastor because she was away for college and he's a much older guy. They never preached about stuff like dating at their church, you know, so it wasn't like it was a rebellion type thing. We brought it to him prior to the engagement, you know, and then her pastor spoke to my dad and my pastor. And then, you know, so it's not like leadership wasn't aware. So I don't know how you guys do it where you're from, but I do know there are some places where I can't even, you know, reach out to you. I can't get a number. I can't even say I'm interested. I can't even ask you for coffee. I can't do anything until my leadership says, hey, you're allowed to take her to Chick-fil-A. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I don't know. Maybe you, you view that as a problem. Maybe you don't. All I know is my goal is I want to be respectful to my leadership and I do want to walk in purity, righteousness, and holiness. So if they're telling me things that I may not agree with, but I can see the principles I believe that that's something that I need to submit myself and don't allow my, my emotions to guide me. But I believe that there are some times when we may not always have it together and we have to learn that, hey, well, yeah, so I love you, Pastor, but the Bible says this. I'm not quite sure if that aligns with our teaching. You know, so we have to, that's why, that's why I keep preaching to you guys in every episode. Learn the word of God for yourself because so many people, when they don't know the word of God, they can only depend on what the person in leadership says, what the person on the pulpit says. Even if they're wrong, they may not even know it because spiritual illiteracy, you know, biblical illiteracy. So there are three things that I'm going to mention for you to keep people from controlling your relationship. Number one, Please don't post your business on the internet. I think there are so many people, you know exactly when somebody offended her because you see eight stories uh, about betrayal and stuff like that. And her story is just like, like, sis, who hurt you? Or the guy who you know, you know something just happened to him because his Facebook status or his Twitter subliminal messages. And it's just like, fam, 
Stop posting your business on the internet. And the reason why I say that is because if you post your business on the internet, you have no control over what we say, what people do to it, what people think about it. You cannot control the narrative once it leaves your hands. Don't post your business on Facebook, bro. Take it to God in prayer. Don't allow social media to always view in that light. And the reason why that's important, because even if you do break up with a person, you may post your business on social media and think, okay, well, it's no big deal. But one, people are going to screenshot it. Two, if you guys break up and then you think you're going to get a new relationship, everyone knows once I upset her, man, she's about to curse me out on social media. Man, once I upset him, he's about to do this all over Twitter. It's just like, listen, it's a bad look. Um, that's why I tell people, keep your business off of social media. Don't even rush to post that you're dating. Take your L in silence. Like, <laughs> It's not a bit necessary. The second thing um, that I'll say to keep people out of your business is two, don't talk negatively about the person you're dating, your spouse, or whoever it is, and or around anyone. When you're around family or friends, you may think, oh, I'm just talking bad about them because I just had to let out some frustration. But in reality, you may forgive them and you're back dating a week from now and all of your friends think you're stupid because they hate this guy because he did what to her? And she's already talking back to him. Man, both of them are dumb. You know what I mean? And it's just like you never know the type of scenario that you put them in because you may forget, but other people will not. And it's like even if you guys were on bad terms, both of you guys were upset, you don't want to cast your, your relationship in an unhealthy manner. You want to make sure that it's still respect there. Whereas me and Safa could be beefing all day. If you ask me how Safa, man, the prettiest thing in the world, she's the best thing since sliced bread. I ain't got no problem, man. She's an angel from heaven. And I'm not saying that, you know, when I do compliment my wife, she's on my nerves. <laughs> you know what I mean? I genuinely do love and like my wife, but I want you to understand that it's not healthy to be bashing your the person you're dating or the person you're married to in public. Save that for the frustrations for when you guys can talk it out in a mature manner. And the last thing I'll say um, in regards to keeping people out of your relationship, um, is reach out to your pastor and your spiritual leaders for guidance and prayers, but don't allow them to replace God's voice in your life. Because if you don't get into the word of God where it shows you red flags or shows you good signs of a healthy relationship, then you only allow what someone thinks to be your guide. If you don't um, go and pray and it's like, God, I need clarity. I don't have peace in this relationship. Then you're only going to date them if the pastor approves. And what if pastor is like, Oh, go ahead, because he's not paying in any mind, and it's a toxic relationship. But what if pastor says, no, not happening, don't date him. I said no, end of story. And then that was actually the person who God sent. But because the pastor is your God, really, that's what happens when we don't listen to God for ourselves, and we allow pastors and leadership to become our God. That's what ends up happening to people, you know, and that may be problematic that I'm saying that. Hopefully, people at my church may not feel that way, you know, but I don't want that to be you. So... I want you guys to let me know in the comments, what are your thoughts on people being overly involved in a relationship? Has that ever made one of your relationships fail? Um, has that been a case in another relationship you've seen? Or what are guardrails you, you set in place to keep boundaries from other people from influencing your relationship more than it should? I'm very curious about that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in the comment section, so please let me know, man. I want to know how you guys do relationships at your church. Do you always go to your pastor first, or do you not go to your pastor until you want to pursue or you want to get engaged let me know this is just a quick episode that i was curious about love y'all peace see you next thursday